Exodus 24. Please, we'll be reading together, so please look on the screens. Um, from verse 1. Yeah, so let's read. Exodus 24, let's go. Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron. Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel and worship from afar. Let's go. Moses alone came near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Let's go. Moses came and told the people all the words and all the rules, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. Let's go. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and the twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he went, he sent young men from the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he threw it against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it to the, on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heavens for clearness. And he did not lay his hands on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. Interesting. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone, with the law and the commandments which I have written for your instruction. So Moses rose up with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait there for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hare are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. 
Then Moses went up to the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of God was like a devouring fire, and at the top of, on top of the mountain, in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up to the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Amen. Amen. So in the past few weeks, we've been talking about um, hearing the voice of God. And that has been our sub-theme. When we opened, we've, we launched a, a very large theme of um, going back to the, the basics. And um, when, so when we reopened, we started with going back to your first love. And we spoke about repentance, the need to um, change your mind continuously in relation to the word of God. In the meantime, you find something new in the word of God, you change your mind. Then we, we spoke about um, hearing the voice of God. The Uncle Bijou launched the topic of hearing the voice of God. He spoke about listening, um, knowing the will of God. And then he launched the Bible reading challenge. If I want to ask how many people read our Bibles, I'll be disappointed and my message will change. So I won't go. I won't go there. And then so if so from last three weeks, Uncle Bijou introduced the team. Then Uncle Nicholas came to teach us something about hearing the voice of God. Uncle Auntie Gina also came to teach us something about hearing the voice of God. And then today I'm here to do some. Touch on your see Ivan is here to do some. So, going back to the scripture we just read, if, you, if you've been consistent with reading your Bible, then by now you're at Exodus 13. Yes, I did a calculation before coming. By now you're at Exodus 13. How many of you have Exodus 13? Repent. So, um, if, if, you are, if you are anywhere past Genesis, then you probably know how Israel ended up in Egypt. Or I'm in the wrong congregation. Aha. So, um, Jacob's um, child, Joseph, ended up in Egypt because his brothers sold him to slavery and all that. You know the story, how, how he became a prime minister. He helped to solve the farming problem. And then his entire family came to join him in Egypt. So, at the time they were coming, they weren't a nation. So, Israel grew to become a nation in Egypt. They, they multiplied in Egypt. And if you look at the, the concept of the way Israel multiplied in Egypt and how they almost got comfortable there, then you can understand why Uncle Bijou was talking about the perfect will of God and the imperfect will of God. Because God had promised Abraham that he would send him to a land flowing with milk and honey. Israel wasn't there, but they were multiplying. They were in someone else's land. They were slaves and they were multiplying and they became big to the extent of a nation a whole nation and so they, now they are a nation and they feel that they are being oppressed it's different from the kind of slavery we went to, we through in africa so nobody came to oppress them they, they went to somebody's land and they were being oppressed right and they are crying to god i know some of you are confused go and read your bible and they are, they are crying to God and um, 
God sends Moses to come and deliver them out of the land of Egypt, right? So Moses comes on the comes on the scene, and he has delivered. He has been able to bring these people out of Egypt by the instructions of God and all that. Relax, relax with me. We'll get there. We'll get to hearing the voice of God. Calm down. And when when he delivers them, God is sending them to a land to become a nation. And mind you, this is different from all the other deliverances of Israel that you see in the Bible because at this point, they are not yet a nation. So God has to teach them how to be a nation. And their minds are still stuck in Egyptian mood. Let's, let's go to Exodus 16, right? Exodus 16, verse 3. So in Exodus 16, they are hungry. And then their minds are still stuck in Egypt. So they said that, would well, that we had died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread for the food. For you have brought us into the wilderness to kill us, to kill this wholesome assembly with hunger. So their minds are still in Egypt. At this point, when they are hungry, after all that God has done, they would have preferred to be sitting by the meat pots in Egypt and killed than to be on the way to the promised land. Do you get the, the foolishness in this? <laughs> they would have preferred to be sitting by food and be killed than to reach their promised land. Some of you might see it as foolishness, but it, it, you, we are all doing it. So some of you would prefer to cheat in the exam. Why are you looking at me like that? You know I'm talking. Some of you prepare to cheat in the exam than to wait for the glory of God to be revealed in your results. Am I lying? <laughs> eh? Or some of you rather prefer that at this point, when the boy comes to your house or the girl comes to your house, you go into the room and go and do your things rather than to wait for the promised land. That is after marriage. Please, Uncle Solu said there's a promised land. <laughs> but God does not want to carry people with Egyptian mindset into his promised land. Because in the promised land, he's going to be their God. They are not going to be having a king or a pharaoh. That wasn't the plan, actually. At the point, they swayed and they went into the imperfect world. But God wanted to be their God, their king, their father. And then these people will be his people. So he wanted to relate with them like the way a king will relate to his people. So he wanted them to know his presence, to see him, to see his presence, to live with him in the same place. All along, God hasn't done that for man. Because even when you look at the Garden of Eden, it says that God came around in the cool of the day. He was never constantly present. So God wants to change everything. And he wants to become constantly 
present with his people. But they are still stuck in Egyptian mood. So God can't permeate. So at this point, through the wilderness, in fact, they were supposed to stay in the wilderness for 40 days. They ended up being stubborn like some of us. And then they stayed in for 40 years. A story for another day. But through the wilderness, the, a series of events take place. And they are moving and they get to this mountain called Mount Sinai. And when you start reading from him, from 19, from chapter 19, Exodus 19, all the way to this point, you realize that Moses is the one telling them what God said they should do. So you go listen to what God said. You come, you come and tell the people, the people say that all that the Lord has said we will do, not lie, but they said it. Then you go again, you go and tell God what the people said. Then God will give him another set of instructions. It was becoming tiresome. Then God said, okay. After the chapter we just read, you let me know who did. But they've come to Sinai. And God, they are, the, they are the foot of the mountain. And God wants to come and dwell in their midst. He wants to show up for the people to see him. Prior to this, he showed up, the people didn't like what they were seeing. They said, no, Moses alone should go. And then God calls 70, God calls Moses, tells him, bring 70 of the elders. And then bring Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu with you. So, you know, there are 74 that are climbing. And they get to a point, and then God appears. God appears to them. And then... When God appears to them, they see from the description, the, the passage describes the bottom of the feet of God. So I'm, I'm assuming, and it's safe to assume that, that is all they saw, right? And when you read it, verse, um, verse, I think that's verse 7. When, when they got there and they saw the bottom of the feet of God, the Bible says that they ate and they drank. They were feasting. Now, this is the thing. God has called them to talk to them. They saw under his feet and they relaxed. They started eating and drinking. And it happens, especially in church and at camp. God will call us to speak to us. And then we see some one or two things we fall under the power, we roll on the floor small, some of us will clean the floor small with our shadows. Then we are excited, we are feasting. Meanwhile, God hasn't told you anything. You come to church, the praise and worship was nice. We jump, 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 jump. Then we are excited. The people were feasting. They hadn't heard the voice of God. They were feasting. I'm sure by this point, God was saying, Charlie, this is pretty, I'm not serious. So he called Moses. And when he calls Moses, Moses decides to go with an assistant. I don't know who sent him to come with an assistant. Verse 12. Please, the scripture. Please don't take the scripture off the screen. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up on the mountain and wait there that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments which I have written for their instruction. 
Next verse. Next verse. So Moses rose up with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up on, into the mountain of God. So God has called Moses. Come. All this while, God is talking to Moses on a, a, a personal level. God calls Moses, Moses alone goes. God calls Moses, Moses alone goes. And then this time, God calls Moses. Moses is feeling like a big man, so he has to take an assistant. Now, you can see it as a good thing, and you can see it as a bad thing. First of all, we've talked about discipleship, so when God calls you, you can take your disciple along. I like. And then you can see it as a, as a not so bad thing, but bad thing. As in, God has called you, and you feel like, I have to take an assistant because I'm a big man. But God tells him that, wait there. Turn to your friend and say, wait there. So verse 13, this is the, the real message. Again. All that I was doing is because you didn't read your Bible. Uh, so verse 13. So Moses rose up with, assist, with his assistant Joshua. And Moses went up into the mountain of the Lord. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hera are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. I, I, honestly, I feel like this is a very insulting part of the, the message. I'll explain. So God has called people to come and see him. And then at the, at the end of the day, God says, Okay, all of you, I don't need all of you again. I need only Moses. And Moses is going and he's telling them that wait here. First of all, it means that where we are going, we are not fit to reach there. Then the next thing he tells them that whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Moses knows that by the time he comes back, his people will be fighting. So he tells them, wait here. And then, then Moses went up into the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain six days, and the glory of the Lord dwelt on Sinai. And the cloud, okay, the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the Lord was like a devouring fire at the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. And Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Now look at, let's look at what is happening. So God calls Moses further up the mountain. And the first thing God has been doing all this while is he's separating Moses. So this, this is the first point. In, in hearing the voice of God, you'll be separated. So, he's separating Moses. First of all, Moses is in the congregation with the people. Then he calls him up with 73 other people to a point. And then when they get there, the people, they are eating and drinking. They've relaxed. So, God calls Moses again. And when God calls Moses, he goes with Joshua. So, when they were on the mountain for six days, on the seventh day, God called Moses again. Do you see what is happening? It's like he has separated them from the crowd, separated him from the 74, and then he's separating him from Joshua. When you want to hear the voice of God, you will be separated. God will call you out alone. Eh? And sometimes you have to learn to be separated from people. Not always, because that one too can lead to error. But it's not every prayer meeting that you should have with 10, 12 people. Some of you, the only time you pray for more than an hour is when we are in, when we are at all night or when we are in church. But you should be able to go to God alone. Because when God is giving his treasured instructions, he has to give them to specific people. 
he can't come and give his treasured instructions to the whole congregation. Because mind you, there are some people in the congregation that came because somebody told them to come. So he has to separate you. First, he separates you into the 74. So we can see ourselves here as the 74. And then he separates you. And sometimes you go with your disciple, then God will tell you that, no, 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 come alone. You have to learn to be separated. Separate yourselves from the, the crowd. Separate yourselves from your family for a while. It's not every day that you'll be sitting with your siblings and be gossiping. Those of you in the boarding house, it's not everywhere that you go with your friends. Some of you, you have squad. You are in a clique. Even when you are going to urinate, you go together. That concept doesn't make sense. We are going to the washroom, we go together. We are going to buy snacks, we go together. You think it's guy. When you leave school, you realize that all those things are nonsense. <laughs> you have squad. And every time you want to roll with your squad. But sometimes you have to learn to separate yourself and be alone. Then the second thing God tells Moses is to wait. And that is another hard thing to do. Because if it's a quiet time, you do it for two minutes. I've timed myself before. Don't look at me like. And those of you who use the, the video one that they post on YouTube, yeah, that one, the time for your quiet time is the time that is on the YouTube. When they finish, when Dr. Otabo finishes saying the prayer, pim, you are off. That's it. You are done with your quiet time. You can start the day. But you have to learn to wait. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, wait. Take your time. Like when they say, when they say, my, my, my brother is always angry at uh, the president, the current president, Nanado, because when my brother was in Form 3, they were having a Founders Day. And if you went to Motown, or you know any Motown now, the Founders Day, Motown we keep to time. Like, and the Founders Day, it starts at a particular time. And then at the end of the Founders Day, the, one of, the last but one activity is the boys' chorus, and it's for the senior boys. My brother is always angry at the president that here at the founders day he came late. And when they were having the boys' girls, they reached the middle of the boys' girls. He said he's going. So they rushed the program for them to finish the thing. But when you are waiting for the president, wait. If he hasn't come, you don't go. I used to work, I did my national service at the Ministry of Works and House. If the minister says he's coming for this meeting and he tells you the meeting is at three and at six he's not there, you don't go anywhere. You sit down and wait for the minister because the agenda is in his hands. Do you understand? When God says he's coming to meet with you, you go and do your quiet time. You haven't heard the voice. You don't get up and go and tell God that Charlie, I have to be at work. I have to go to school. Some of you are on vacation. You are not going to do anything, but you can't wait. They say pray for 15 minutes a day. Then you are watching the time. You are timing it. Some of you start at 8.01, but you still end at 8.15. You start at 8.02, but you still end at 8.15. But you have to learn to wait. Because God has his own timing. You, you, can't, you can't tell God that I'm coming to wait on you for 15 minutes by the 13th minute, you have to start talking. So by 15 minutes, you are done. Then I'll write the point, I'll put full stop, then I can close. You can't do that with God. You have to wait. If we want to extend the service to 
9.30, 10 o'clock. You people go home and go and tell your parents that, Charlie, today the person came to preach, talks, ah, we didn't close. But you have to learn to wait on God. Eh? Moses went to the mountain six days. Six whole days. Then God shows up and calls him on the seventh day. You think that, oh, even if you waited six days and you did double the time, by the twelfth day, Moses is out of there. Moses stayed there another 40 days. He spent six days waiting for God to come. And then when God finally showed up, 40. Can you imagine? Then the next thing, we see it in verse 12. We notice that God tells Moses that he would give him the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments which he had written for their instruction. Moses didn't go there to go and take notes. God said he's coming with his own word, the tablets of stone. He has written it. God took his time to write it. Now, who can tell me something that God has taken his time to put together for us? people are quiet. What has God taken his time to put together for us? I can't hear you. Please, what has God taken his time to put together for us? You don't know. Our weight. Our, our life. No, no, that's not what I'm looking for. What has his instructions that he has put together for us? What is it? The Bible. Oh, I'm wrong. The way people are watching me is like. So the next thing is that when you go into the presence of God to go and wait for God, you don't leave your Bible behind. And people, this is a warning. If you go and wait for the voice of God, and first of all, you don't know the scriptures and secondly to you go you go to you go without your bible you come back with something you will hear something after the hearing there you will hear something but jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights and the first person that came to talk to him was the devil do you understand like you, you can go and wait on god and then just when god is about to show up the devil will show up first because, mind you, the devil also has his agenda that he wants for your life. Don't think that it's only your agenda and God's agenda. There's a third, there's a third agenda and the person is, wait, is waiting for the opportune time. So, he goes and he goes to wait. First, he separates himself. Then he waits. And then God brings him the word of God. In Moses' day, he didn't have a new word of God. It was just the book of the covenant, right? But when he got there, God brought him tablets of stone. God brought him the word of God. Today, you have your Bible. So when you are going, I beg, go with your Bible. And go with your notebook. We are going to listen to the voice. God can tell you something, and then when you leave the presence of God, when you get to your gates, then they ask you, what did God tell you? You say, I've forgotten. So write it down. And go with your Bible. Go with your, the Bible is very important. The Bible is very, very important. 
in your life in hearing the voice of God was when you hear God saying something you have to go and check okay so God said I am the head and I'm not the tail where is it written in the Bible I have to find it yeah because the devil to you quote scripture power we went when we were writing exams in school the people uh, uncle Bethman has told you this thing many times the people who cheat power the the su people and the christian people and they'll give you scriptures if you like go and touch it they'll give you scriptures right now they'll start talking about brotherly love and helping your neighbor and massa the devil also knows the Bible. Don't think that it's only you. So those of you who are not reading, God, yeah. Some of you wonder why, like, it, you, it, it looks as if the devil is not worried. Like, it's a dangerous place to be. If if you are in a place and the devil hasn't worried you for a while, it's a very dangerous place to be. And I've I've another mentor in youth ministry, Pastor Rodrick. He used to say that if you are going in one direction and the, the devil is not facing you in the opposite direction. It means that you and the devil are on the same <laughs> you are on the same route. And then the last thing that happens is the voice of God. And mind you, all this while God has been calling Moses, God has been talking to Moses. But why is this very why is this point very important? Why does God go through all this drama? just to tell Moses something. All this while you've been talking to Moses. Now the answer is in, from the next verse going. We'll read it. But from this point, God starts telling Moses about the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle and things like that. Because now I told you that God gives treasured instructions individuals he doesn't give it to the whole congregation you give it to an individual then the individual has to go and tell the congregation and this is very important to god because the ark of the covenant the tabernacle all those things they represented the presence of god with israel and god has to go take moses to all the drama all the waiting everything just to give him instructions about his presence. All along, he has been giving them instructions, but it was instructions about how to relate with your neighbor. So if you have a slave and it's this time, you have to let the slave go. And if the slave says you stay, let him stay. If he comes to marry somebody in your house, what, what, what. But now God is coming to give him serious, now they've stopped the child's play. They've stopped the, don't slap your friend, don't lie. Don't steal those things, those instructions that they've been giving you. When you go to the exam, don't cheat. Those are basic instructions. You can't follow them. Watch yourself. Then God is coming to tell them that, okay, I'm coming to dwell in their midst. So come, 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 come. Come and hear my voice. Come and hear it well. God is coming to give Moses a tablet that he has already written. But Moses stayed there for 40 days. I'm coming to give you a book that has already been written. How many days? How many days? Seconds. I just come and give you the book and say, Chai, take care of it well, okay? Make sure you read it. Make sure you don't stain it. If you spoil the book, you buy it. 
but God takes his time just to give Moses instructions about his presence and the tabernacle and all that. Now, we are in the New Testament, we are God's building. We are his, his tabernacle. Us, our body. Not the church, us. Not this building, us. So if God wants to come and live in you and have active presence in your life, because we know that when you become a believer, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you and all that. But some of you have locked him in a door in a room, you've locked the door and you've thrown the key away. But God wants to have active presence in your life so that when you are when you are going through your day in the morning, before you leave the house, he can talk to you. While you're on your way, he can talk to you. While you are doing your things, he can talk to you. He can be with you. He can be your friend. Before God does that, he will always take you to a personal encounter, a personal experience. It's, it, most of the time, it's not the ruling and things that we do at camp. You know, check your life. How many times have you gone to fall down at camp? That's when you come back from camp. Within two months, you are doing the same thing that you were doing before you went to camp. But God wants to have one on one. And today, that is what I came to call people to. To hear the voice of God for yourself. How to hear it for yourself. The voice of God, what you hear from the pulpit, is not, it's not 100% the voice of God. You see, today, as I'm talking here, there, there are some things that I'm saying from my mind. There are some experiences that I'm recounting from my life. And in the Bible, I think in the book of Hebrews, the writer calls it milk. Do you know why it's called milk? Because me, I've gone to read the scripture. When I was preparing for this, I had to read from... Genesis from the time uh, Jacob started having his problems with his brothers uh, up to this point. I've done all my reading and research. And I've come to summarize it. And I've come to give it to you. It's milk. It's the way the mother will eat, digest the food. Even cow milk. The, the cow <laughs> eats and digests his food. And he produces milk. That milk is not for you. It's supposed to be for his babies. But that is how milk is made. Because me, I've come to learn it. If when Uncle Biju comes here, he has read the thing. When Uncle Biju is preaching to you, don't think that what he's preaching is what God, like everything that God told you. The things Uncle Biju knows about God, he can't come and tell you everything close. So if you want to hear God's word for yourself, pure, not mixed with anything. You have to learn to go to God on your own. Some of you, you have to go off social media. It's part of the separation. Two weeks, three weeks, then you go off WhatsApp. It's not like anybody send you any proper messages. You are just waiting for that boy. He will text you. Or you are waiting to share memes. Where's my friend? I can't find you. Ah, yes. I'll mention his name. He's my very good friend. You are waiting to share memes. Some of you claim the title on social media Meme Lords. You just go on the internet and you go and look for memes. 
It's nice. Those things are nice. But sometimes you have to go off social media for a while. Go off. Just don't go and announce it on your status that I'll be off for two weeks. Nobody is looking at you. <laughs> Nobody cares. If you need me, call me. Unavailable. You are how 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 many people need you? If they call you right now and they say there's an emergency teacher, we need ten thousand cities to save someone's life. You don't even have how much do you have in your account? Just go off social media. Eh? Those of you in the boarding house, there should be some times when your friends don't see you for a while. And not for bad reasons. We had this senior if we don't see him for two weeks. You know that he's in Sugar Mommy's house. The guy will just disappear. And the house master knows that. As for Caleb, Caleb there. Caleb Jumfu is in Sugar Mommy's house. But you have to be able to separate yourself from your friends. Your friends should see you and say, hey, it's been a while. Where have you been? That's not a point to be laughing and say, came from the presence of God. You just continue. <laughs> You just continue your conversation with him. <laughs> eh? So we are going to pray. We are going to pray. We are going to start start practicing the presence of God from here. And we use the same song. So if you have been late, please watch this. This is the Christ, the Christ that's please come and join me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to tell God that God, help me to be able to separate myself from the crowd. The noise, the noise is plenty. This day, social media, the noise is plenty. Sometimes I can go on Twitter in the morning. I'm angry the whole day because somebody has said something very foolish. Like you wonder where the person is coming from. And you have to be able to separate yourself from all that nonsense. Please rise to your feet. We are going to pray. And I told you, I'm going into the presence of God alone. So if you are waiting for prayer topic, then forget. You stay here, you watch us, and when we close, then we go home. Instrumentalist, instrumentalist, instrumentalist. I sing in the same song.